Hello and welcome to the Rank Kings, a podcast that answers the age-old question, who should they actually make a biopic about? I'm Danny Weiser, with me as always is my co-host and the Ferrari to my Ford, it's Ty McGowan. What's up, dude? Uh, what's up, man? Who's, uh, who's ready to uh, talk about biopics? <laughs> I, also, I mean, Ford well, I v. Ferrari, one of the better ones that came out, yeah. and I believe yeah. the 2019 winner of dad, dad movie, movie of, the of the year for the rankings yeah has to be um yeah that was a good one um this is I, i'm not sure why we decided to do this topic because we have talked kind of at length about how we're tired of biopics and don't really want to see anymore i think my biggest problem though is they just keep picking people they either i they either a keep picking people that i'm just not interested in seeing biopics about or b they just skirt around so much stuff that it ends up being kind of boring and lifeless yeah um and so like i i don't hate biopics as a concept i just want some good ones yeah but there's never like you'll you'll have a few that are basically just middle ground nothingness but it's it's really like, okay, one out of ten is going to be great. Like, one out of ten, you're going to get Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. But the majority of them are like, hey, look, this studio read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, I, I want good ones. Um, and so I, I think this will be a fun topic. I had I had more fun researching this episode than I have in an episode in a long time because, like, it's just interesting reading the biographies of like famous people that you enjoy and want to know more about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, and you always have like, I was, when I was doing my research, like there are some of these movies that are obviously like in the talks or being made or Mm -hmm. some of them that have already been cast, but like, I don't know. I just always, I'm always very weary about biopics just in general. Me too. Me too. Um, all right. If there's nothing else, though, your list A, if you want to go ahead and get started. Okay. Uh, so for my theme, I did fictional characters that I would want to buy. Oh. So basically like nice. a prequel movie of like, yeah. you know, the, the solo of these characters. Yeah, uh, I'm into that. So first is the Marauders from Harry Potter. So Sirius Ooh. Black. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. James Potter. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew. Um Lupin, like those guys just run around Hogwarts doing pranks. Like I would love that. I would love to have a, and of course, TikTok is, there's a whole corner of TikTok mm. just devoted to this idea. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I didn't read. Yeah. We've been, we've been begging for a Marauders like Netflix or HBO series for like years. Yeah. I didn't recast this one. I don't know why I didn't, maybe because I didn't recast the other two fictional ones, but yeah. Yeah. A Marauders would be awesome. That's a hundred percent better idea than freaking fantastic beast. Like <laughs> so, yeah. so much. It's such a better idea. Um, yeah, it's a fun idea. Yeah. Second is Yoda. I would love to see like Yoda, like young Yoda coming up in the world. Like doesn't really know. Okay. Doesn't have as much wisdom as he does. Is still getting trained. You know, maybe he was a little wild child when he was, <laughs> I don't know. He, he's like 800 years old. So when he was in his four hundreds, like maybe he was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, dude. <laughs> Could you imagine just like a scene of Yoda getting hammered at a at the Moss Eisley Cantina? Little Yoda, Yoda. at a kegger, dude. <laughs> alcohol tolerance is a half a beer because he's two feet tall. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, and then uh, my number one, I really want to see this is Lieutenant Aldo Rain from the Inglorious Bastards. 
Nice. Like before World War II, like he has that huge scar in his neck. Maybe we find out like it was a rope burn. So he, someone clearly tried to hang him. So that'd be interesting. He said he did a lot of bootlegging. So that would be fun to see. It'd be, I think Brad Pitt playing Lieutenant Alderaan is just, it's so fun. And maybe we can get him to talk some more Italian. Arrivederci. Gore Lamy. Yeah, that's a good bit. Uh, okay, cool. Those, that's fu- That's a very fun idea, doing fictional characters. Yeah. Um, my honorable mentions theme is uh, people that we've already gotten, like, high-profile, wide-release biopics on yeah. that I just didn't think were very good, and I wanted to see, I want to see it done better. Um, <laughs> and so my first one is Muhammad Ali. Uh, we got Ali with Will Smith. That movie's fine. It's just the definition of cookie cutter biopic. I read the Wikipedia and made a movie about about Ali. Fine, you know what I mean. It was the most boring movie about one of the most exciting athletes of all time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I need a better movie. I, Muhammad Ali was just too interesting and too impactful to be given a fine cookie cutter movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. So one of the greatest athletes of the 20th century, born Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr., changed his name to Muhammad Ali in the 60s after joining the black Muslim group Nation of Islam, refused to be drafted into the Vietnam War. He was outspoken and egotistical and fascinating and deserves a better movie. I want to see more. I want to see more details, um, less of him bouncing around the ring as Muhammad Ali, and I think I want to see more of Cassius Clay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, want to, I want to see more of the come up. Um one Night in Miami cast this perfectly, so I think Eli Gorey yeah. is Muhammad Ali. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he absolutely looks the part, so just cast him as the same thing in the biopic. Could you imagine if someone got up at the Oscars, like, right after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock and was like, yo, Will, where was that right hook when you were making Ali? <laughs> 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 I I don't think Will Smith was the problem in, in that movie. I think Will Smith was actually like pretty decent. It's just he was given a boring movie. <laughs> well, uh, you know, yeah. like obviously you're going to get a white director to direct a movie about one of the most <laughs> of famous black of course. athletes of all time. That makes perfect of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, <laughs> Muhammad Ali, famously of the black Muslim group Nation of Islam, his biopic directed by a white guy. Dude, perfect. Could of you course. imagine Hollywood. if Spike Lee did a Muhammad Ali oh. with Eli Gorey? Oh, Spike, call us right now. Call us right now. <laughs> we don't need to be a part of this, but like, just give us like a couple dollars for. Just the let us idea. come visit the set. You can throw. You can give us some producer credits. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Um, okay, my next one is actually a biopic that's about to come out. It's Elvis Presley. Oh, <laughs> the worst trailer of all time. <laughs> I, sorry specifically to Kevin McKenzie of Austin Danger Podcast, who are like the two people in the world that are excited about this, along what? with my mother, probably. Yeah, they're they are into Do it. Do they not understand Baz Luhrmann is a terrible director? <laughs> I think they like him, maybe. Uh, which is fine, but they're, they're excited about this. Um, I just, after seeing that trailer, I am already ready for us to get a better <laughs> Elvis biopic because this looks weird. Austin Butler looks like he was molded out of plastic in he, this movie. He wh- just looks weird. Like, I don't have a problem with him as an actor. Like, he's never really been in anything huge. But when he shows up, I'm never like, oh, this guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, he he literally looks like the, like, plastic museum like whatever that's mm-hmm. called Mad- whatever madam yeah. Defoe's, what, they, yeah 
like they stuck a plastic like Elvis helmet over his face is what it looks like. It's weird. Guess what? He doesn't even freaking look like Elvis, even with yeah. all of that make like I'm sorry. I yeah. I'm so pissed about this movie because I love I absolutely love Elvis. I love him so much. And I you can make a really good biopic about him. He's a very controversial figure. And also, why is Tom Hanks impersonating freaking Goldmember from Austin Powers Goldmember? <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like. Go listen to the trailer yeah. again. And it's literally like, I love gold. Like, it's the same accent. <laughs> yeah. All right. En- enough about this movie that I don't want to see. Um, Elvis. Elvis is one of the biggest names in rock and roll history. Born in 1935 in Mississippi to working class parents, they spent a lot of their free time in church singing gospel music, which is where uh, Elvis kind of got his musical start. He had his first hit in 1955 with Heartbreak Hotel, and people were obsessed with him because of his songs and his dance moves, which got him into a lot of trouble because his gyrating hips were seen as too provocative for the 50s. Got into a ton of trouble for that. Uh, He's served in the military, was married and divorced, struggled with substance abuse, all while being one of the biggest rock stars in the entire world and trying to deal with that, uh, being this like cultural icon who was like shepherding the world into a new era, basically. Um, he just he had a fascinating life, and I would really like to see a well-made, not weird, plastic man movie uh, about him. Um, my casting for this, stay with me here. I'm going with Robert Pattinson. I need you to Google Robert Pattinson Elvis. No, no, I got if you're, I, no, yeah, compl- I can, I can absolutely see it. Yeah, yeah. If if you're listening to this, Google Robert Pattinson Elvis, and you'll be like, oh shoot. Because, uh, like, people have posted side-by-side pictures of yeah. the two. And, like, it's not, like, exactly, but it's pretty dang close. A lot closer than Austin Butler. Well, see, that's the um, thing and, with like, – oh, keep going. Sorry. I'll, I'll... No, I was, that was – the only other thing I was going to say is, like, Robert Pattinson actually, like, has played music and, like, knows how to play guitar yeah. and sing. And he doesn't sound like Elvis, so you're not going to have him sing as Elvis, but, like, he has enough musical experience that it's not going to look awkward and forced, I think. Yeah. And it's, like, the thing with – with biopics, I hate when people are like, they have to look exactly alike. They like, yeah. look at Steve Jobs, which is one of the best, you know, the best, one of the best biopics that have come out in recent years. It's, I think it was my favorite movie of 2014. I think that's the year it came out. Mm. But Michael Fassbender doesn't look like Steve Jobs. No, but he nails. But it. he nails it. If you get a good yeah. actor, it honestly doesn't matter if they look exactly alike. I don't. Like, I don't get this yeah. obsession of, like, Chadwick Boseman did not look like like Jackie Robinson, J- Jackie Robinson. Yeah. but he, even though that movie is kind of a dud, he plays that role really well. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's okay. It's pretty good. That's another one that could deserve to have a better showing yeah. of it, but, like, it was pretty good. Um, okay, my last one is Tupac. Um, All Eyes on Me was just not very good. I just I don't, didn't I think like people it. forgot it came out. <laughs> And it's like it only came out like five years ago. Like it's not like yeah. that old of a movie. Everybody's forgotten everything about it. it ca- it's just not very good. It came out like it, like six months after Straight Outta Compton, and it felt like they yeah. made it within that time. Yeah, um, <laughs> Tupac needs a better movie. He's too interesting. Had led too interesting and too short of a life to have been given such a whack movie. <laughs> Um, Tupac born in 1971 in Harlem, grew up in Baltimore, surrounded by crime and drugs, uh, found solace in poetry and hip hop, um, which I love. I would like to see more of that. Um, became one of the biggest hip hop artists in the world in the nineties before being murdered at the age of 25, a crime, which was never solved. Allegedly L- could still be right. alive. 
for sure, dude. Um, I, he just he led a fascinating but tragic life, and it's a story that deserves to be told well in an interesting way, and not like however the hell all eyes on me trying to do it. Uh, the casting for this is a guy that no one's ever heard of. His name is Mark Rose. Um, he played Tupac in like the USA series Unsolved. Like USA d- does this show Unsolved where they talk about unsolved crimes and stuff. And they brought in Mark Rose. And I watched a clip of it, and it's kind of uncanny. Really? Like it's kind of kind of incredible watching this dude act as Tupac. And even though he's like a no name actor, like he it looks like he was just born to play Tupac in a biopic. And I want to see it. That'd be interesting. Yeah. And then we'll get the sequel of Tupac and Elvis living on the island because they never really died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, your fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's my yeah. my favorite line from Men in Black is when uh, Tommy Lee Jones is singing Elvis and Will Smith is like, you're not one of those people that still thinks Elvis is still alive. He's like, oh, Elvis didn't die. He just went home. <laughs> Wild. Uh, okay, those are my honorable mentions, though. So onto your list. Okay, uh, number 10. I actually didn't cast this one because there's a lot of people, all college age, so I didn't want to go through every actor that's in their 20s. Uh, But it's the 1936 U.S. Olympic rowing team. Okay, I don't know anything about this. Okay, so this is is based on me reading a book called Boys in the Boat, which is a great book. It's really awesome. I actually think you would enjoy it, even though it's nonfiction. Real easy read, but it's about the rowing team at the university of Washington. And they were like basically considered to be like the worst rowing team in the country at that time or not the worst, but extremely mm-hmm. underdogs. Cause rowing was a very East coast Ivy league sport at the time. So they beat Yale, they beat Princeton, they beat Harvard to win. And back then in the Olympics, it's the, you know, the amateurs compete whoever won the national championship would row for the United States in the Olympics. And this was the one that was in Germany. Um, You know, the one where Jesse Owens and all that they won in front of Hitler. So this one, they, so they were known as starting real late. Like they started off real slow in races and it, they were basically counted out. The Germans were leading the crowd, Hitler, Gehrig, like, all of the Nazi high command was in the crowd. Everyone was screaming Deutschland as the German rowers paddles, like in unison with the paddles, like the crowd was going crazy. Mm-hmm. Their best rower was like, it was like his flu game. It was his Michael Jordan flu game. He was literally didn't open his eyes until like the last like 10 seconds. And he opened his eyes and just started going. And they beat the German team by an inch in front of all this these nazi scum and oh my god like could you imagine that ending just usa beat the nazis in the olympics like you have this one guy who had been he was been counted out his entire life it's his flu game he just goes ham at the end and they win like oh man it's that rule yeah. i want to see a miracle style movie of that so bad. yeah it's got to be disney no other yeah, yeah it's got to yeah, be yeah. disney but it's I mean, th- I'm telling you, you got to read this book because, like, I've never, like, rowing is not something that, like, yeah. it's something you have to see. Like, if you read mm. about F1, you know, it's not that exciting unless you, like, probably, I don't know. I've never watched it. But if you watch it, it's probably more exciting than <laughs> reading about it. But, like, the book, I was, like, I swear I was sweating while I was reading this book, reading about <laughs> how, like, this guy was just, like, he had his eyes closed. He was sweating. He was pale. 
and that he just turned it on and they just they like gained like almost an entire boat length on him and won by an inch you got to look up the picture rules. i mean it might be less than an inch that they won by but there's a picture online and it is crazy then how much they won yeah that rules I, I i need that in the style of the movie miracle yeah so bad that, that would, and that's, just that's know, a great pick any movie that is just like beating nazis is always good <laughs> Always, Especially yeah. since they strangely made a resurgence in the last two years. Oofa, doofa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my number 10 is Ellen O'Neill. Um, I I don't think every biopic needs to be, like, hard-hitting and emotional and a tragic story. Like, sometimes I just want a s- slice of life, vibey, good time, Richard Linklater style biopic. You know what I mean? There you go. Like that's, that's what I want. Um, and that's what we would get from an Ellen O'Neill biopic. Like she's interesting. And I'll tell you about her in a second. She, like she was interesting. You're going to get an interesting story about her, uh, but it's not like, it's not hard hitting. It's not emotional. It's not tragic. Like yeah, you're I not going to be torn up about it. I don't know who this not is. all biopics have to be that. Okay. So uh, she was a professional skateboarder in the seventies. Um, and she kind of helped launch skateboarding into a legitimate thing. Um, she grew up in San Diego and was into ballet and gymnastics and body surfing, surfing, which all translated into her being a really talented skateboarder. She would go to these skating competitions all over the West Coast where it was just super competitive dudes. And she was quoted as saying uh, dudes were too focused on blood, money and prizes. And she was just out there vibing and showing them up because she really loved skateboarding and loved showing up these dudes at these competitions. Uh, she did these freestyle routines that would involve riding two skateboards at once, doing handstands on the board. And this was when skateboarding competitions were just like, okay, here's some flat pavement, go do a jump or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, before like before ramps and grinding and all that stuff, it was just like, go do something cool on this flat piece of, piece of pavement. Um, she eventually starred in a movie called Skateboard the Movie, which is incredibly, uh, <laughs> incredibly creative Skateboard name. Skateboard the Movie about skateboarding? Yeah. What an yeah. idiotic a title. <laughs> Um, she was up in an episode of Wonder Woman that featured the superhero skating down a hill to catch bad guys for some reason. Um, the, but the I really, are so weird, bro. yeah, so strange. really, she was just this pretty blonde woman from San Diego who got really good at skateboarding and like had huge blonde hair and like helped launch skateboarding into or take it from being just like dudes skating on flat pavement and doing an ollie and every now and then turning to like these like big acrobatic beautiful performances you know what i mean and so i just i think it would be a very fun vibey cool happy richard linklater style movie biopic and i'd be into it um and i want Catherine newton to play her because i love Catherine newton i think she i think she looks the part and i think she'd be cool what what's wrong with no i love it a 70s skateboarding biopic directed by richard linklater Starring Newton, it is that I'd be kind of killer, that, right? That would be so <laughs> kind of yeah. killer. Look up, look up Ellen O'Neill, though. Like, it's just some of the stuff she was doing was, was so cool because it was still they were riding those tiny skateboards. Like, she would just ride two at one time and like she was facing forward, like they're stinking roller skates. And yeah. the way that she would like turn and stuff, it was just so cool to watch. But I think this would be a fun, vibey biopic. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a good one. Um, okay, my number nine is Rue Waddell. Do you know who this is? 
No. He was a pitcher in the late 1800s and early 1900s. He was a two-time ERA leader and a six-time strikeout leader. Now, this biopic okay. is going to be a comedy, and you'll understand why. Because okay. he was kind of insane. He, he died real young at, like, 36, mostly due to alcoholism. But, like, he was, like, actually crazy. He'd delay games to go play marbles. Like, he... Like, days he would have to pitch, he would go in the street and play marbles with kids, and the game would get delayed until he got back to the the, the awesome. dugout. And it would just, like, he was so good. He led the leagues in strikeouts for six years straight. He was so good that they just, the teams had to put up with it. Um, he would disappear between starts to go fishing. No one would know, like, <laughs> no one would know. Where, like, imagine, like, the Dennis Rodman thing, him going to Vegas during the playoffs is crazy. But, like, imagine mm-hmm. when, like, okay, this guy's been gone for two days. He might be dead because we have no way to know where he is. <laughs> yeah, um, especially back then, like, they didn't have phones and stuff. Yeah, That's he would funny. run after fire trucks during the game because he loved fire trucks so much. Like, games he was pitching, <laughs> he would leave the stadium and run after them to go see the fires because he loved, like, like, like he wanted dog. to be a firefighter if he wasn't a pitcher. Like, that's what wow. he would want to be. Um, fans would bring shiny things and dogs into the stands to distract him, and it would work. Like, like <laughs> in the middle of his inning, he would go and, like, play with the dog or go see what shiny thing fans had. I love him. I love this man. Um, he got into a vicious, like, altercation with his roommate when they were traveling because he would eat crackers in the bed. And just leave crumbs everywhere. <laughs> there was like animals that would oh come in the room and eat it. Um, he uh, during the off season he would wrestle alligators in the circus. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Rubadell. Are you kidding me? He's my favorite baseball player yeah. of all time. And I want so this guy actually does kind of look like him, but I want Tim Robinson, the comedian from I think you should oh, leave wow. now. I want him to play. That's incredible, t- <laughs> Rubadell. That's incredible. Yeah, this guy was crazy, dude. Like, you got to look. Like, and I'm only scratching the surface with how insane this guy was. Like, you got to <laughs> look up all the antics that he did. But, like, could you imagine sitting at a baseball game and, like, well, Max Scherzer is leaving the field to go chase a fire <laughs> truck right now. <laughs> it's, it's bring your dog to the ballpark night, and Clayton, Clayton Kershaw has just walked off the mound to go pet a golden retriever. How insane is And, like, it never threw off his focus. So, like, fans obvious were like, I'm going to bring a dog. It's going to distract well, him. He didn't we're have win. any focus. Right. Right. There's, he, is, he was so crazy, dude. I feel a kinship with this man. Yeah. it's oh, That's so funny. <laughs> this guy was, on, like, I, could you imagine being able to see some of these games? It's <laughs> I love that. God, I love that. Uh, I, have a, I have a similarly crazy athlete coming up much later in my list. Okay, good. Um, but my number nine is actually another baseball player. It's Josh Gibson. Ooh, yeah. He's one of the greatest his- hitters in baseball history that never got a chance to play in the major leagues. Um, he's born in Georgia in 1911. They moved to Pittsburgh when he's a teenager because his dad got a job at a steel factory. Um, he played baseball for the very first time at 16 and at 17 was recruited by the local semi-pro team that would eventually become a Negro League baseball team, uh, the Pittsburgh Crawfords. Um, he went on to play for Pittsburgh's uh, 
preeminent Negro League team in the Homestead Grays, which is one of the most famous famous teams of all time in that league. Um, he was a 12-time All-Star, two-time Negro League World Series champion, three-time league batting champion, two-time Triple Crown winner. In 1933, he hit, uh, he hit uh, 467 with 55 home runs in 137 games, which is just insane. There are some sources that put his lifetime batting average at 384 which is Crazy. just nuts. No matter what level of competition you're playing against, that's absolutely insane. Um, in 1943, he fell into a coma and was diagnosed with a brain tumor and tragically passed away in 1947 at the age of 35. So he died way too young. Um, and he, by like every, every account of anybody that has seen him play baseball, is one of the best hitters of all time and didn't get to play against the best level of competition he could simply because he was a black man in America, which is just tragic and infuriating um, that we didn't get to see one of the greatest hitters in this sports history go be great against the best competition that possible. You know what I mean? Um, he he's just a guy that he deserves to have his story told, and I want to see this movie real bad. He's been uh, one. Uh, this has been like on my. If someone's going to make a sports biopic, I wanted to see about Josh Gibson. Uh, he's been on that list for a while, uh, and I want to see Aldous Hodge play him. Nice. I love Aldous yeah. Hodge. He looks the part. He's athletic. I think he would crush it. Yeah, Josh Gibson, a hundred percent would have like sixty-one wouldn't have been a thing. Like he would have hit more yeah. than sixty home runs in a season. Like, yeah, love Babe just, Ruth, but, like, Josh Gibson was better. And he did this all as a catcher, which is a position that's famously, like, not a lot of great hitting catchers because they have to focus so hard on catching, and they spend the whole game, like, kneeling in all this gear. Yeah. So they're just getting physically beat up this whole game while everybody else just gets to stand in the field um, and was still that good of a hitter. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a shame he never got to play in the majors, yeah. especially, like, even that's like so i don't know if you ever seen the ken burns baseball documentary it's probably too long mm -hmm. for you it's no i've seen, oh, it. seen it it's baseball so buck o'neill his like him talking about when when josh gibson died he was like yeah like obviously there were health concerns but he 100 percent died because he watched other black players start to go up to the majors and no one called mm -hmm. him once jackie robinson broke the barrier no one called him because he was like in his 30s and yeah. it was just like, yep, that's that's why he died. It's just that's yeah. all he wanted to do, and he never got the chance. Yeah, tragic. He needs he needs to have a story told. More people need to know about Josh Gibson. I want to see this movie real bad. Yeah. Um, okay, my number eight, which I found out there, Disney is making a movie about these guys. It's the Beatles. Oh, okay. Which is surprising. I don't know literally anybody that's cast in this movie whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I cast – so I got Paul McCartney played by Tom Holland. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Um, I got John Lennon, John Lennon played by Timothy Chalamet. Right. Obviously. Cause, Naturally. Yeah. Because he's kind of got that, like, I'm, I'm a better thinker than you are. You know, that, yeah. that pretentious look. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. George Harrison, Charlie Heaton. From Stranger Things, yes. Older Brother. Looks a lot, very much looks the part. Quiet, you know, more reserved. And then Ringo, oh, I'm going with Will Poulter because I feel like that's going to be the more comedic role. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, look like Ringo, funny. but, like, I feel like the more comedic role needs to go to Will Poulter. And yeah. I always forget that he's English. Like, I always assume he's uh, yeah. American. 
that's a good point. But yeah, we. I mean, this obviously it would be amazing to see a mo- a movie about them like later in in their careers. But like, I feel like we've already like with the Get Back documentary, like their entire late career is well documented. I want to see like coming up in Liverpool, like playing all the clubs. Like that's the time of the Beatles. I want to see like kind of pre like going into Beatles mania, not post Beatles mania. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Of course. I mean, it's a freaking Beatles. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, my number eight, I think this would be an absolute blast and, I am surprised we haven't gotten this biopic already, and I think it's just because this guy's been so strict with his image. Um, it's Evil Knievel. Um, he's an American daredevil who became an icon in the 70s for his incredible death-defying motorcycle stunts. Um, he was born Robert Craig Knievel Jr. Uh, in 1938 in Butte, Montana, um, which at the time was an old copper mining town that just resembled a 19th century boom town. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just those like hastily put up cowboy towns. Yeah. Like that's kind of what Butte looked like in the in the 30s. Um, it's one of those old towns where you grow up, you go to work in the mines, you start a family, and you die. You know what I mean? Like that's what pretty much everybody in Butte, Montana, did at the time. Um, he was a standout athlete, but terrible student, and eventually dropped out of high school. Got into minor trouble with the law for stealing hubcaps and general teenage nonsense you know what i mean um he had this incident where he was working for a construction company where he tried to do a wheelie with one of those big earth movers and collided into the town's main power line and caused a citywide blackout so he's just (laughs) been doing stunts his whole life dude Um, he, he joined the army where he became a successful paratrooper. He played some semi-pro hockey until eventually he became a motorcycle racer. It's this dude has just done so much weird stuff and had such a, such an interesting life. Um, he, his nickname evil came after getting busted for stealing a motorcycle. Uh, the jailer in the jail that he was, uh, uh, in, like to give inmates nicknames there's this one inmate that was there at the same time named william knoffel that he dubbed awful knoffel and he dubbed evil or evil knievel <laughs> so his nickname was given by this jailer who just liked giving inmates dumb nicknames what a weird, and it just stuck <laughs> what a weird thing for a jailer i'm gonna give you a nickname that just rhymes with your last name yeah, awful can awful and evil can evil and he and the and he loved it and just was like okay and legally changed his name to evil like later on in his life which is so funny um after that he started working at this motorcycle repair shop and started doing motorcycle stunts just to drum up business like it was just an advertising and marketing technique like come on down to my repair shop i'm gonna jump over this like swimming pool full of snakes and then i'll fix your muffler like you know what (laughs) like that's how it started and more people kept coming and not because of the repair shop it was because they wanted to see evil knievel do these stunts and then he just started doing bigger ones and bigger ones and bigger ones until he was in Vegas jumping over these like massive fountains and doing these death defying motorcycle stunts and 433 bone fractures later the rest is history <laughs> you know um he passed away in 2007 just 2 days after settling a federal lawsuit against Kanye West because Kanye used Evil Knievel's imagery in a music video yeah touch the sky yeah yes <laughs> he sued him 2 days later died <laughs> insane um i want alexander skarsgård to play him in the podcast. Ooh, i've got another skarsgård playing one of my people 
Interesting. I think Alex, I mean, he kind of looks the part. I just, he's kind of insane. Alexander Skarsgård, like he's a weird well, dude. And would, I think he was, yes. <laughs> been, yeah. They're the first family all of Hollywood. All 400 of them. <laughs> yeah. All 480 Skarsgårds. They're all just kind of nuts. Um, but I think he would, he would match evil's manic energy really well. I just, this would be a blast of a movie of a biopic. I want to see it so bad. Yeah. I think if you do an evil Knievel biopic, I think it's gotta be kind of like, a director like Adam McKay, where it's going to be yeah. like, you're going to hit the good parts, but you're also going to get a lot of comedy through it. Yeah. But like, you know, Adam Either McKay would be just... like, I've got to say stuff about things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Either that or like, who does all the jackass movies? Spike Spike Jones is a huge, like, he does a lot yeah. of, I'm telling you, Spike Jones. Is Jeff the, Tremaine. Yeah. Jeff Tremaine is who I'm thinking of. Him and Spike Jones. Let them do an Evil Knievel biopic. Dude, Spike Jones is just the coolest person in Hollywood. It makes no, because yeah. he, he, like, he's the nerdy de- stepdad in Moneyball. Like, what? Yeah. He's, and he's the coolest person in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I think it would be a blast. Yeah, that would be fun. That. But that's my number eight. Yeah. I like Alexander Skarsgård. Have you seen The Northman yet? No, not yet. I'm going to, but I haven't yet. He surpassed Stellan as my favorite Skarsgård after the Northman. Even after Stellan and Mamma Mia? You're interesting. <laughs> Shut up. The fight scenes? <laughs> there are some fight scenes where you're just like, oh, cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll definitely go see it in theaters. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Maybe this weekend. Um, okay. My number seven um, is Kurt Cobain. Um, so yeah. I'm a big Nirvana fan. Um, obviously, this is a very, like, he died at 27, so it's very tragic. Um, but I think a movie about, like, he was a pretty revolutionary musician. I mean, he was, like, one of the first in that era of, hey, I'm going to, I don't really care about the money. I kind of just want to do my own thing, and if it goes against whatever you believe in, then sucks. And, you know, he in- basically invented a whole genre of music. He inspired so so many musicians um and i just think you know him doing the nirvana stuff i don't want to go into the end of his life i think you just leave that out of the movie you just kind of have just about the music basically and the band um i think that would be a really great great documentary and i'm gonna have joe keery play kurt cobain oh yeah yeah it'll be weird to see him blonde but i think joe keery could pull it off he definitely needs yeah, he more of dramatic roles. I don't know what. He's kind of the only Stranger Things person. Him and Dustin are like the only people that are like haven't got any anything big after Stranger Things. Yeah, Joe he's had a lot of like supporting. Like he was in Free Guy and yeah. he was in that other whatever that weird movie was. Spree. Yeah. Dude, Spree. Spree that's a good more. Movie. I like Joe Carey a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh my number 7 is Hedy Lamar. Headley? Um, Osh- Hetty. Sorry. Have you not seen Blades uh, and Saddles? It's been a very long time. Um, Austrian-American actress during MGM's Golden Age who also left her mark on technology. She was born in 1914 in Vienna, Austria. Um, I can't find a lot about her child. I'm sure if I looked harder, I didn't I didn't spend hours researching her or anything. There's just, I, I didn't find a ton about her <clears throat> childhood. But she starred in some Austrian films as a teenager. She had a brief marriage to an Austrian munitions manufacturer. Um, and she left him because he was selling weapons to the Nazis. Uh, and so she divorced him and fled to America. Um, and pretty much immediately became a box office Hollywood attraction after her first film, Algiers. 
Um, she was in Lady of the Tropics, Boomtown, Tortilla Flat, Samson and Delilah, and was apparently the first choice to play the lead in Casablanca, uh, but that went to Ingrid Bergman, of course. Um, however, the fascinating thing about her, she's not just a standard Hollywood starlet from the 40s. Um, it's dur- it, during the heyday of her career in the early 40s, she received a patent for a radio signaling device, which is a means of changing radio frequencies to keep enemies from decoding messages with the idea that it could be used against the Nazis. This is all while she is <laughs> one of the biggest actresses in all of Hollywood, which is just insane. Um, she wasn't she wasn't super recognized for it at the time but has very much so been since because it became an important step in the development of technology to maintain the security of both military communications and cell phones so like her her patent her idea her technology is like helped launch like cell phones which is something that everybody has now yeah um she started a few more movies after that, but her career hit a decline pretty fast. I just, I just think she's so interesting. I think her story would make for such an interesting movie. Like seeing her juggle, coming up with like working as as an inventor and coming up with the technology to help fight the Nazis, while also just being like one of the biggest names in all of Hollywood. I think that would be so so interesting. Such a multifaceted and interesting person um, that I think seeing a, a biopic of her would be cool. Uh, and I'm going to cast Rooney Mara. Um, she's great. Yeah, we love Rooney Mara. She looks the part. I think it would be super, super interesting. So that's my number seven. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I hope someone gets that Blazing Saddles joke that I made, but um, it's probably just. I just haven't. It's probably. Just I've seen it a. <laughs> I've seen it a bunch. It's just not in like ten years. Um, okay, my number six is Vincent Van Gogh. Um, so we've gotten oh, yeah. a lot of like half document or half biopics about Vincent Van Gogh. We've got. Um, one where um, it's the, the oil painting one, which is basically not really about him. It's about someone investigating his death. Um, then we got the, um, oh, gosh, the weird guy. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, friggin' Norman Osborn in the first Spider-Man movies. Uh, <laughs> how can I not think of this actor? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Um, we got Willem Dafoe played like his kind of descent into madness later in his life. Uh, but we've never, we've never really gotten like the full picture. Um, and I would really want to see that he is a very, very influential painter. He was kind of one of those where his genius wasn't really recognized until he was dead basically. Um, and it would just be really interesting to see him kind of traveling everywhere while he's slowly descending into madness, um, while making some of the most famous paintings of all time. Um, and I want Bill Skarsgård to play uh, nice. Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. I was picturing uh, that redheaded dude from Game of Thrones. You know who I'm talking about with the beard? Richard Madden? No, the redheaded dude who plays the wildling. I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Christopher yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, That's who I was picturing for some reason, but that's just from based on the Van Gogh painting. I think he's so. just too jacked to play. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Is, I just, for some reason, when you said Van Gogh, was like my mind went right to that guy. Why does Vincent Van Gogh look like he just walked out of Fast and Furious movie? <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Um, mine number six is the Beastie Boys. Ooh. Uh, Founded in New York City in 1981 by some middle-class Jewish kids that wanted to start a hardcore punk band. 
Um, they recorded a comedy hip-hop song in 1983 that garnered some local success, so they said, hey, let's just do hip-hop full-time instead, which is so funny <laughs> to me. Uh, they toured with Madonna in 1985, and a year later released Ice- License to Ill, uh, 20 million records and seven platinum-selling albums later. They're the biggest-selling rap group since Billboard began recording sales in 1991. What a weird uh, concert. Going yeah. from Beastie Boys to Madonna, like that's just a whiplash of different genres of music. What a, what a weird concert and what a weird trajectory that the Beastie Boys had. Just going from just like middle class Jewish kids who want to start a hardcore punk band to recording a comedy rap song to just going, oh, we should just do hip hop full time to like the next year going on tour with Madonna. It's insane how fast that happened. What a weird trajectory they had. <laughs> Um, comprised of Michael, Mike D. Diamond, Adam, MCA, Yach, and uh, Adam Adrock Horvitz. They are one of my favorite musical groups of all time. I've talked, to them, uh, talked about them a bunch on this show. I want to see the formation of their punk band, their transition to hip-hop, the Def Jam years, them on tour, dealing with global stardom, all of it. I want to see all of it. I want to see young Beastie Boys, like when they're just starting out. Like I want to see the punk band days and I want to see how they became and like developed into these huge hip hop superstars. Uh, and so my cast is all younger guys. They're all under 25. I don't love that. I had such a hard time <laughs> with this cast. Like I spent so long thinking about who could play these guys and just kind of went with like, he's a good actor. He looks the part. Hopefully he could embody a BC boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so for Ad-Rock, I'm going with Jack Dylan Grazer. Uh, Mike D is Finn Wolfhard, and MCA is Alex Wolf. They're all just, like, under 25, and they look super Jewish. <laughs> like, they very much, like, they look – I think they look the parts, for sure, yeah. of, of these guys. And I think they're all good actors. Like, I – like, they're all – none of them are terrible actors, I don't think. Um, but I don't feel great about it, if I'm being totally honest. Well, it's going to be directed by Spike Jones, so it's going to be good no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's my number six. Okay. Uh, my number five is John Belushi. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, this guy, he was kind of Chris. Like, without this guy, we don't get Chris Farley. Um, mm-hmm. We don't get John Candy. Um, he's a very, very influential comedian um, from his days with National Lampoon to Saturday Night Live um, to, you know, Animal House. Like, he was he was such a joy to be around from everyone. It just sucks that he had a, you know, substance abuse problem, um, that ended his life (laughs) at a young age. Um, so this movie has been in talks for like the last 15 years and there have been Mm -hmm. so many names thrown around. Um, but one that I love is Adam Pally. Um, he's the lead in happy endings, a TV show. I've never seen it. But he kind of, he would have to put a little bit more weight on. But he has the look of a young John Belushi. And that's what I want. I want, yeah, I want John Belushi as he transitions from National Lampoon to Saturday Night Live. And kind of his rising fame. He would put on, like, concerts. And, like, he was such just a crazy person that I would really love to see and I would love this movie to be kind of made in the same way as uh, Futile and Stupid Gesture. Um, mm-hmm. this, the one where Will Forte plays one of the guys who created National Lampoon. Um, but yeah, I just think a John Belushi movie, just like a small com- a mid-budget comedy that goes straight to streaming, I think that would be perfect for this. Yeah, 
I, I had to Google Adam Pally, but I like him. Yeah. I just didn't know his name. Cool. That's a great pick. I have a similar one coming up later. Nice. Um, my number five, not a surprise to literally anybody, it's Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> She's nice. Cultural, cultural icon who I've talked about a million times in the show. Such an interesting, weird upbringing. <laughs> she, she was born in 1946 in Tennessee in a one-room cabin on the banks of the Little Pigeon River. Little pigeon, baby. <laughs> just, just insane. <laughs> She's the fourth of 12 children, which is nuts. Um, she described her family as dirt poor, saying that her father paid the doctor who delivered her with a sack of cornmeal, which is just, if you're in Tennessee living on the Little Pigeon River, you pay people in cornmeal. Hey, That's what you need. Little pigeon, cornmeal is gold. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Um, she started singing in church, then performing for folks on stage and doing local radio and TV. By 13, she was started appearing on the Grand Ole Opry at 13, which is nuts. Um, she graduated high school, moved to Nashville, became a songwriter and then a singer. Um, she has just lived such an interesting life and met so many interesting people. Uh, plus she's Dolly and I love her and I want more <laughs> Dolly content because I think she's one of the coolest sweetest people in the entire world you know what i mean um i am gonna go with kristen chenoweth for this role for the sole reason the biggest reason kind of the only reason is that somebody asked dolly if they were going to make a biopic of you who would you want to play you and she said kristen chenoweth and what dolly wants dolly gets so i'm going with kristen chenoweth if that biopic is not called nine to five i'm rioting Mm -hmm. i'm rioting 100 are you kidding me you know who would make a great dolly biopic Greta Gerwig. Greta freaking Gerwig, dude. <laughs> You're not wrong. As I said who, and then my mind said, oh, Greta. Yeah. I called. Yeah. I was talking to my dad uh, last week, and I was like, we were talking. I was like, hey, do you have, like, I'm working on my list for, like, biopics. Just throw some names out that you want to see. He's like, well, Dolly Parton. I'm like, I can't do it. Danny's going to have that on his list. Yeah, I can't do thank Dolly you. Parton. <laughs> thank you. Uh, ooh, alternate title for the biopic, Cup of Ambition. Oh, okay. I'm into it. All right, that's it. Uh, <laughs> number five, Dolly Parton. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, my number four, it's not specifically – it'll be centered around one person, but it's about, like, an era in two men's life. It's the current wars. It's Tesla versus Edison. Oh, interesting. So there's – in the early – or no, not the early, but, like, in the 1800s, there was this whole thing where Edison basically had a patent on all electricity. Like he just owned it. Mm-hmm. And he was a ter- like Edison by all accounts is the worst person in the world. It's kind of insane that we teach all school children. Like, Hey, you invented the light bulb. He's such a good guy. Yeah. But he was one of the worst people who ever lived, not who ever lived, but he was a terrible person. Yeah. Um, and then Tesla invented uh, alternating currents, which is Edison had direct currents. So there was this whole thing where, like, Edison would go on these tours and electrocute animals to death and be like, look what alternating current just did to this animal. It's a terrible thing. Like, like terrible, terrible things. And then you have Tesla, who I I believe he lit up the entire Chicago's fair. Um the why it's called the city of lights um he let mm-hmm. it all up with the alternating currents alternating currents was the better option it was cheaper but edison was making all the money on direct currents so like they they had this huge it was like the biggest nerd war of all time 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hilarious drunk history about this. It was like one of the first drunk histories on YouTube. I encourage oh, nice. every single person to go watch it because it's drunk history is a blast. It's so funny. Um, so I want Tesla to Tesla was more of like kind of a reserved, shy character. You know, he wasn't really like out there charismatic. But I want Dom Hall Gleason to play him. I Ooh, think he can yeah. do that more reserved. And then just yeah. someone who can just be an absolute at the drop of a hat. Edison's going to be played by J.K. Simmons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. But, I mean, it would be so interesting to just see, like, Tesla, like, because we don't know, like, almost anything about him. And, yes, like, now, because of Elon Musk, he is probably heightened more than he needs to be. But, like, why are we learning about Edison, who's just the worst? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. I'd yeah, watch that. It would be a really good documentary. Or biopic. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm going – my number four, I'm going back uh, to another athlete, um, and I'm going with Althea Gibson. Um, she was the first African-American tennis player to compete at the U.S. National Championships in 1950 and the first black player to compete at Wimbledon in 1951, later winning at Wimbledon in 1957 and the U.S. Open in 1958. Um, so she was born in 1927 in South Carolina. They moved to Harlem as a kid where they struggled to make ends meet, lived on public assistance, struggling in school as a result of this, um, but excelling at sports. Um, she started playing paddle tennis until she got way better than everyone else. And then someone introduced her to like real full on tennis on a court. Um, she started competing in the Harlem River tennis courts just one year after first picking up a racket and just immediately started winning titles and did not stop kind of ever. <laughs> like she was just an absolute phenom. Um, eventually it got to the point where she was too good for the people that she was playing against, but because she was black, she was barred from bigger tournaments until they just could finally couldn't deny how good she was and how much support she was getting from the tennis community at large. Um, it got to the point where they were just kind of forced to let her compete. And then she started winning there, too, because she was just so good and so much better than everybody else. Um, at one point, she started playing golf just for the heck of it and became the first black woman ever to compete on the pro golf tour, which is just nuts. Like she was she was a trailblazer. She was an icon. And not enough people know about her even people who are super into sports a lot of people don't know anything about her which is an absolute shame because she was an icon and a trailblazer she was just also like kind of reserved and like humble and didn't didn't spend a lot of time talking about herself and how great she was she like has been quoted multiple times saying like i'm not that important i'm not a trailblazer i just play tennis um which is great my favorite kind of people yeah um, and I, I think her story needs to be told, uh, and I think she should be played by Kiersey Clemens. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Who I love. Yeah. Kiersey Clemens is great. And is Will and Smith going to play her dad? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but Althea Gibson is great, and I, I think more people should know better. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, my number three, the Beastie Boys, baby. Um, nice. But I want to do – so you already talked at length about him, so I'm not going to talk too much. But I want to do post-Rise to Fame, where they kind of okay. had to check themselves. They were like, we don't really want to be this, like, party, like, fight for your right to party. Like, they, you know, from that documentary, they looked back on that, at like, halfway through their career and was just like, that's not who we want to be. 
Um, mm. And then they released the album that Sabotage was on, which is like my favorite song of theirs. Um, so I want a little bit later in life, I'm going to have The Lonely Island play them. Nice. So yeah, of course. I don't know who would play who, but I've got Jorma, Andy, and Akiva. Oh, yeah. Andy Andy would be Mike D. Uh, Jorma would be Ad Rock, and Akiva would be MCA. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm just, you know, whoever they want to play, they've got the yeah. stage presence. They are really good at music, which makes yeah. their, like, pop star a great movie. Uh but I just think it would be hilarious and very fun. And I, you know, I wouldn't have done this if like Andy Samberg has got not huge dramatic things in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm -hmm. but he's like really shown up as an actor in that. He's got range. And then Palm yeah. Springs. I wouldn't have chosen him if not for those. But like, I really think they could do a really good BC Boys movie kind of towards the end yeah. of their career and directed by Spike Jones. He's the only person allowed to direct a BC boys movie. Yeah. Well, Spike Jones is busy after this episode. He is. He is the only one allowed. He's <laughs> seriously, he like, I yeah. refuse. I will riot. I will sign petitions. If any other director is directing a BC boys movie. Yeah. Cool. Obviously a great pick. That's why I had it earlier. <laughs> so can't, can't argue with that. Uh, and I like that I went younger and you went a little older. That's kind of a fun. Maybe there's fun. Maybe there's it's a two parter. Oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, cool. Uh, my number three, similar to your John Belushi pick, it's Chris Farley, mm. uh, comedic icon known for SNL, Tommy Boy, Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, he was born in 1964 in Madison, Wisconsin. He grew up going to Catholic school and just kind of spent all of his time trying to make people laugh. It's the only thing that he liked doing. Um, he started doing improv comedy. He joined SNL, became one of the funniest comedic actors of all time. But of course, unfortunately, he struggled with lots of lots and lots of mental health issues, lots of personal inner demons that he tried to ease and sedate with drugs and alcohol. Um, he spent a lot of his adult life in and out of rehab. He just he constantly felt this pressure to be the attention getter and the funny guy even when he wasn't on stage and even when he wasn't performing, just like in personal settings, he always felt like people were looking at him to be the center of attention in the life of a party, which just kind of drove him nuts and just destroyed his mental health. Um, tragically in 1997, he overdosed at the age of 33 and his, I think his story is absolutely heartbreaking and it needs to be told. I want to see it. I want to see it told just the, like celebrities are people and like, yeah. you can't just expect them to turn it on at the drop of a hat just because you want to be entertained by the funny fat guy. You know what I mean? Like you just, you can't expect that. Let them live and let them be people. And it's just, it's tragic what, like what that did to him and how it literally destroyed and ended his life. Um, I think Chris Farley would be played by Paul Walter Hauser um, because Paul Walter Hauser said it's his dream role. And I love when an actor is like super passionate about roles like that. He's the guy from Itania. He's in Cruella. He's oh, the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I, like he's been on record lots and lots of different times saying like, if he could make any project happen, if he had his absolute dream role, it would be to play Chris Farley in a biopic, and just. Do I think he's the best choice? I don't know. Maybe not. I could probably pick someone a little funnier who who could maybe fit it. I like, but I like when actors are super passionate about stuff like that. 
Can't wait for Pete Davidson to play a young Adam Sandler in that movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, here's the thing. I, honestly, do you end you know that what? Bio- I don't hate Pete Davidson. I don't hate. I'm fine with Pete Davidson. If he wanted to play young Adam Sandler, that's fine. Do you I'm cool you, you you like him now because he's got beef with Kanye and you hate Kanye? Kind of. <laughs> Kind of the way he's had like the whole Kanye thing is actually very funny. Where he's just like, dude, <laughs> like that's that's very funny to me. Do you end that biopic with the Chris Farley song by Adam Sandler? Hundred percent. And just make yeah. everyone in the audience yes. cry. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what's playing at the like the closing credits. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe hey, we a, get Adam Sandler's Oscar. I'm already <laughs> emotional thinking about it, so we have to move on. <laughs> that's that, like that's. A, one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen on TV is Adam Sandler playing the Chris Farley song on that SNL special. There's like times where I'm like, okay, just got home from the bars. It's like 2 a.m. I feel like crying. Okay, let me pull up the Adam Sandler Chris Farley song. It'll do it every time, dude. It'll do it every single time. <laughs> uh, okay, my number two is David Bowie. Um, yeah. I And this, so I want this to be uh, like Rocket Man. I want this to be like a musical uh, biopic um, just because his songs are so amazing and yeah. he has so many of them um i want the he's i mean david bowie's such i've said influential figure so many times but he really is he's um well that's who you make biopics yeah about, so and, and in so many it. different communities too he kind of like he was kind of everywhere everyone loved him um he people were able to identify with him in almost every single community um, maybe not the ones in the the communities in the deep south, but you know, no one really <laughs> cares about those people. <laughs> Heard that. Uh, but so I want I want this to be played by two people. So I want an older version and a younger version. And I want it to either flip back and forth or transition into older David Bowie. So young David Bowie is going to be played by Freddie Carter who he's in Shadow and Bone. Um, I only casted him because he kind of looks like who I want to play old David Bowie. And okay. the old version of David Bowie, I want to be played by T- Tilda Swinton. I think Ooh. Tilda Swinton would absolutely nail it. She looks very much like him. She is one of the greatest actors in Hollywood right now. Um, but I think she would be really great. Um, okay. I know who Freddie Carter is. I had to Google him, but I like that. Yeah. I, th- I think that would be really fun, and it'd be really interesting just to see. Like, I mean, his life is just so crazy and awesome, and I would just love to, a musical with his music would just be amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. I, uh, as soon as you said Rocket Man, my mind went ooh. Yeah, like that would be pretty. Could cool. you imagine the Let's Dance number in that movie? <sighs> cool. Yeah, I want that movie. Cool. Um, my number two. This is my crazy athlete. You had yours at your number like 10, 9, I think. Yeah, 9. Um, th- this is mine. It's Dennis Rodman. <laughs> the worm. <laughs> I would, God, I would love to see a Dennis Rodman biopic. Um, one of the best rebounders in NBA history, cultural icon, maybe the most fascinating person of all time. Just thinking about like how his brain works. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't really work. <laughs> it, dude, it works in fascinating ways. Um, he was born in 1961 in New Jersey to an unstable family. Um, they moved to Dallas when he was real young after being abandoned by his father, where his mother Shirley took kind of any odd job she could to keep her kids fed and clothed. Um, Dennis was an awkward and unathletic kid. He was five foot six in high school, so he's just like short even for a high schooler. Um, he was cut from the football team. He quit the basketball team because he just never got any playtime and was tired of it. 
Um, he did end up graduating high school, um, started working as a janitor at the DFW airport, um, hit a growth spurt, shot up to six, seven and started getting attention from some smaller local colleges. Um, he started playing college ball at Cook County Junior College in Gainesville, Texas, which is like a half hour from me. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, he flunked out of, uh, Cook County Junior College, just didn't like going to class, didn't work out, flunked that out. Tracks. Um, but was getting so good at basketball that he uh, went and played at Southeastern Oklahoma State in Durant, which is like 30 minutes north of me. So Dennis Rodman very like spent a lot of time in my area um, where he played for three years. He averaged 26 points and 16 boards and was drafted in the second round by the Pistons and became a star due to his aggressive play and on and off the court antics and style. He was in relationships with celebrities like Madonna and Carmen Electra. He tried pro wrestling at one point. He did reality TV. He was on The Apprentice with uh, friggin' Donald Trump. I think he got pretty far. If I remember, I think he got pretty (laughs) far in The Apprentice. He he randomly sort of befriended Kim Jong un for a while. (laughs) He's just. He's one of the most fascinating people of all time. He's another dude. Like, if you watch The Last Dance, he would just disappear. Yeah. He, he's on the best basketball team that's ever been assembled in the history of basketball. Nobody could find him because he felt like going to Vegas to party. Dude, it's just, just nuts. If Phil Jackson wasn't his coach, he would yeah. have been kicked off the team. But yeah, Phil's anybody just but like Phil Jackson. The Zen master, you're like, no, yeah, he's good. Just let him <laughs> let do De- his thing. Dennis is going to be Dennis, dude. Let him go to Vegas for a weekend. <laughs> it's nuts. He's, just, he's the most fascinating person of all time. I need this movie really badly. All right, who's playing um, him? Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> It's perfect. Could he do that, though? I've never seen Lakeith be, like, real exciting on screen. Oh, he could do it. 100% he could do it. I think he would absolutely crush. Well, like, the thing about Dennis Rodman is, like, when you watch him, he's not, like, super loud and eccentric with his, like, voice and stuff. Like, he's never yelling, and he's never being loud and exciting. He just dresses weird and acts weird and goes and does weird things, but he's sort of quiet while he's doing it. Like, he's sort of monotone a lot of times that he's doing it. He just also has, like, leopard print dyed hair and is wearing a wedding dress and is in Vegas doing drugs with Carmen Electra. You know what I mean? Like, he's just – but he's never yelling. He's never shouting. He's never going nuts. He's just a weird dude. Lakeith would have to get jacked for that role. Dennis was – Dennis was like a – he's definitely not a thin guy. He was a strong guy, but he was never, like, jacked. Yeah, but Lakeith Stanfield is, like, wiry. He is not, like, a jack dude. Yeah. I mean, he would need to put on a little bit, but, like, Dennis Rodman was sort of wiry. He's like, going to – He had long arms. He had long arms and long Jonathan legs. Jonathan Majors. Whatever Jonathan Majors is doing yeah, right now for so. Rock, or Creed Three. Yeah. He definitely have to put on some muscle, but he wouldn't have to get, like, Jonathan Majors jacked or anything. Like, like they both are sort of similarly wiry. He's just more filled out, obviously. But, yeah, I think – God, I think that movie would be incredible. Just call it The Worm. The worm. Are you kidding me? It's We're done, dude. <laughs> That would be an insane movie. That would also yeah. be hilarious if they show zero basketball. <laughs> you don't need yeah. it. Like, his his basketball career was fascinating in and of itself. You don't need it to get an entertaining Dennis Rodman Just movie. you cut. You have him going to the game, and then you immediately cut to the end of the game. You don't show mm. any basketball. <laughs> yeah. You don't need it. You 100% don't. Because, like, watching him play basketball, he got rebounds. He scored no points and got, like, 20 rebounds a game. You don't need to see that on screen. Nobody's interested in that. What sucks, though, about that is I feel like Michael Jordan's the type of person that wouldn't, 
like he'd be like, well, you have to leave me out of it, which is like such a huge part of Dennis Rodman's career. Whatever. I don't care. Don't show him in a Bulls uniform ever. I don't care. Show him in Vegas. Show him in meetings with Phil Jackson. I don't care if Michael Jordan's in it. I just want to know more about Dennis Rodman's personal life. I want to I want to see him spending time with Kim Jong-un more than I want to see him in a Bulls uniform in this movie. Because that's so weird and it's so Dennis Rodman that I, I want it. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number one, another athlete, probably the greatest pitcher who's ever lived, Satchel Paige. Yeah, this was on, you mentioned Dolly Parton earlier. This was on my list, and I was like, no, Ty's going to have it. I don't have to. Yeah, this, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Let me, before me I go into anything, any of his qu- crazy quotes, let me go through his stats. Satchel played professional baseball for 39 years straight. He's a two-time MLB All-Star at the age of, like, 42 42 or 46 and 47. Um, he's a six time Negro league all-star. He's a world series champion and he's the oldest MLB player ever. He was 50 something when he retired from the MLB. Crazy. That like, could you imagine like players retire when they hit 40 right now? He was like the <laughs> uh, most dude, dominant. Pitcher. If they make it to 40, they're the old guys. Yeah. Adam Wainwright, like right now is the, yeah. I think the oldest pitcher in the MLB, but like, he like he was dominant at 46 when he won a mother effing world series he won a world series at 47 or 46 he didn't even make it to the majors until he was in his 40s yeah he's the oldest rookie of all times the oldest rookie in mlb history crazy um okay so obviously extremely dominant player he Mm -hmm. had like 12 different pitches he had three Mm -hmm. different fastballs all he could throw yep. one at 100, throw one at like 95, throw one at 92. Like completely different fastballs, and he all called them by different names. None of them were like curveball or slider or whatever. He was he is just such a interesting person and it's kind of insane that we've never gotten a biopic about him yet. We've I looked it up. We've gotten one made for TV movie and it's about Josh Gibson um satchel page and uh jackie robinson and satchel page is played by delroy lindo josh mm-hmm. gibson is played by uh bubba from forrest gump and i don't know who <laughs> plays jackie robinson but it was it was a made for tv movie and it's it was not good um but here's just some of his quotes age is a case of mind over matter if you don't mind it don't matter Ain't no man can avoid being born average, but there ain't no man got to be common. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? What does that mean? What does that mean? I I ain't ever had a job. I just always played baseball. Uh, I don't I don't generally like running. I believe in training by rising gently up and down from the bench. Like <laughs> fully believe that training doesn't help. Um, yeah. Uh, one other quote i love from him it's satchel pages rules for staying young so i mean it worked it worked mm-hmm. for him we should all be following these because he was a professional athlete at 50 over 50 and he was still dominant it makes no sense to me um number one avoid fried meats which angry up the blood that's a given you know fried meats yeah. never good for you number two if your stomach disputes you lie down and pacify it with cool thoughts so if your stomach hurts, just think about cool thoughts. 
Um, three, keep the juices flowing by jangling around gently as you move. So when you're walking around, just jangle around. <laughs> and he was so lanky. Can he you imagine so how funny he looked? Bucko, in the in that Ken Burns document, Bucko Neal was like, he had zero muscle. It was yeah. like when it was like a whip. It was like rookie of the year. Like when that kid just yeah. whipped a fastball, it was like that. Um, number four, go very light on the vices, such as carrying on in society, drinking. The social ramble ain't restful. So, you know, don't go out partying, which Smart. he was very known to do that. So he didn't really yep. follow that rule. <laughs> number five, avoid running at all times. Hey, I can live by that Smart. rule. I'm totally mm-hmm. down for that rule of staying young. <laughs> uh, number six, don't look back. Something may be gaining on you. <laughs> so like, good. don't run. Don't look back because something's gaining on you. But it would just be so interesting just to see his dominance and just, oh, my gosh, dude, Satchel Page. He's like, <laughs> I love freaking yeah. Satchel Page so much. Um, and, of course, I want Mahershal Ali to play him. Yeah. You're obviously going to have yeah, to do camera perfect. tricks because he's like 6'5", and every actor yeah. is like, below 510 right now unless you're chris hemsworth but you know he i think he can do that wiry he's got that you know that it's he's kind of got satchel pages marshall at least six two oh he's a former basketball player so but he's got he can do i think he can do that you know southern like Mm -hmm. you know hey man don't worry about just like a real calm demeanor which satchel page was known to have um yeah during a world the negro league world series um, him and Josh Gibson used to play on the same team. And then the Kansas City mm-hmm. Monarchs and the Hempstead Grays met in the Negro League World Series, and it was the first time they would pitch and bat against each other. Josh Gibson was third on on who was going to come back. There was already a man on second. Satchel Page walked both of the people up just so he could pitch against Josh Gibson, Gibson and struck him out in three pitches. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> God, I love it, man. <laughs> Two fastballs and a curveball. It just sat him down. <laughs> yeah, I need this movie real bad. I again, like I I have probably read more Satchel Page documentaries than I've read documentaries on any like figure in history. I think he's fascinating. Yeah. Like I if like when you're in school, like in middle school and your teacher says, Hey, do a book report on any, or give me like an essay on any biography you want. I would always pick a satchel page biography. I just, he's so fascinating. And a lot of what's interesting about him is that like, if you look at the reports of like, Oh, he made his major league debut at this age. He retired at this age. They're all different numbers yeah. uh, because he has like no historical records. Yeah. Like you can't find his birth certificate. Nobody has any idea what year he was born. Everything is just a guess. And he wouldn't tell his age. He wouldn't tell people. No. Wouldn't he talk didn't about like to talk about he, how old he was. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm looking at this thing that says he retired from or He made his major league debut at 42. He retired at 47. And then 12 years later at 59 years old, came back made an appearance with the Kansas city athletics where he threw three shutout innings Yeah, at 59 years, old. 59 years old, which like maybe he might've been 48. Who knows? Nobody freaking knows how old central page was, which I love. I just think that's so cool. Yeah. This is an incredible pick. Would have been on my list, but again, I was like, Ty's going to have it. We don't need to have any more crossover than we're already going to have. So, incredible pick. I, I very much stand by it. Um, okay, my number one is Stan Lee. Oh, okay. Uh, revered comic book creator who helped launch heroes like Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men. Stan Lee Martin Lieber was born in 1922 in New York City to Romanian immigrants. He grew up in the Great Depression, uh, so of course his family was 
did not have very much money. Um, he was hired as an office assistant at Timely Comics in 1939 and became uh, an interim editor for the company. Um, also, for a time, served as a writer and illustrator for the Army, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Timely Comics became Marvel Comics, and Lee was asked to create a series that could compete with DC's Justice League, so he and Jack Kirby created the Fantastic Four. Uh, the rest is incredibly inventive and culturally shifting brilliance. Um, he's beloved, and for a reason. I would just love to see his story, how he uh, helped come up with some of the most iconic characters in all of pop culture history. I want to see what his personal life was like. I, I think this would be a great story to see in movie form. And it's another one of those examples of, like, biopics don't all have to be tragic yeah. and heartbreaking. Like, they can just be fun and interesting and you could just learn more about these like iconic people who did these incredible things in the world of like creativity <laughs> like you know what i mean i this is just another one of those that i think would be kind of delightful uh and we need more of those uh, not everything has to be tragic um i want brian cranston to play stan play stanley oh, that's a good one yeah i think it'd be great yeah i think it'd be a delight i would love to see brian cranston play stanley in a biopic so uh, but that's my number one. Nice. I I would enjoy that. I would very much emphasize though that Jack Kirby needs to be yes very very much involved because Stanley does get a lot of credit for what Jack mm -hmm. Kirby did, but there's no mm -hmm. like I don't think there's any real animosity in that. I just think right. Jack Kirby is not a very he just didn't really capitalize on the attention that Stanley was yeah. able to do. And I, and I didn't see anything that said like Stanley was taking credit. Everything I saw yeah. was like, he helped create such and such. And like Jack Kirby's name, of course, came up a ton when I'm, when I'm reading about him. So yeah, I, Jack Kirby's going to play a major, major character in this, but I mean, it's Stanley. Yeah. And I want to see more about it. So, uh, but that's my number one. Nice. Cool. Well, gosh, we went on forever. <laughs> it's been an hour and f 15 minutes almost. <laughs> Um, let's uh, let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back with our special guest, Judge. Hello, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me and Ty as we power rank uh, people that we think they should make biopics about or biopics that we actually want to see. Um, we haven't fully decided on a title yet, <laughs> but one of those. We're talking about biopics. We're going to be joined here in just a second by Brian Gill. He's been on this show a million times. He's one of the hosts of Mad About Movies. He's one of the hosts of Spread the Floor, and they just started kind of a show within a show over at Spread the Floor um, called Mavs Time. Uh, they're Brian and Tobin, both diehard Mavs fans, which uh, I am too, and so I love it. If you're into basketball, if you're into Mavs Time at all, uh, or if you're into the Mavs, check out Mavs Time. Um, wanted to jump in here, let you guys know next week we're going to try something new. Um, we, we have been ranking stuff for like a year and a half now, <laughs> every single week. I think we've only missed one week since we have been a show, and that's when Texas froze. Um, and so we, we wanted to try something different. And so once a month, we are going to do a draft episode where we're just going to do a fantasy draft about random topics. Uh, it's it's still in the same vein of what we've been doing. It's still sort of ranking stuff, um, but with a little extra <laughs> animosity and competition because if like Ty picks somebody, I can't have them on my list. And so we're going to have to think on our feet a little more. Um, we're going to it'd be a little bit more of a competitive aspect uh, rather than just both of us talking about our list. We think it'll be fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, and our very first draft episode, 
episode is Star Wars characters. And so Ty and I are each going to draft a team of characters from Star Wars and pit them in a fight against each other. And our guest judge has to pick which team would win in a fight. Uh, and so I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be super fun. It might be a little clunky because it's the first time ever doing this, so bear with us. But hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, and we're going to be joined by special guest Gab, uh, who's a good friend of ours from the 70mm uh, Discord. We love Gab. I'm so excited. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while, and this is the perfect opportunity to do it. So um, hopefully you guys are looking forward to that as much as I am. Back to the show. <laughs> And we are back with this week's special guest judge. He's been on the show 300 times. Uh, he is we only have 80 those... plus episodes, but he's been on 300 <laughs> times. Which makes it the, all the more impressive. One of the hosts of Mad About Movies, one of the hosts of Spread the Floor, and the new podcast within a podcast over the Spread the Floor feed, Mavs Time, with the catchiest theme song in podcast history. Thank it's you. Brian Gill. What's up, dude? Hey, man. How's it going, boys? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for accommodating my late schedule tonight. Uh, I'm attempting to see my my child for the first time in weeks, so I appreciate you guys uh, pushing back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got in a big fight about it. I was like, whatever, dude, it's just a kid. But then you said the dog, too, and I was yeah, like, okay, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, you were very adamant about your kid will – he'll understand someday. This is art. But then when I started, when I brought up the dog, you were like, oh, okay, I, I understand. That's good. Yeah, yeah good. This you knew is how to art. win that argument. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, one, one of us art. just went on a 15 minute rant about Dennis Rodman. So, yeah, that's art, bud. It's really contributing it. to the artistic culture. Right? I don't think I've left you guys an iTunes or Apple podcast review, but that's that I need to do that, and that's going to be my review. This is art. Five stars. <laughs> this is art. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Uh, Brian, you've been here uh, a million times before. I don't have to give you the spiel, but just in case uh, we have a new listener, weird, weird episode to jump in on, but <laughs> in case you're a first-time listener, uh, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to read these lists labeled uh, List A and List B to Brian, and then Ty and I are going to shut up, um, and Brian gets to kind of pick them apart uh, one by one or give broad, sweeping statements, whatever, kind of however he feels like judging. That's kind of the fun things at rankings is we don't give the judge any kind of grading criteria they get to come up with it themselves also less work for uh, us yeah yeah outsource yeah. crowdsource it too yeah. yeah yeah but if you say that it's in the judge's hands and it makes us seem less lazy <laughs> what are you what yeah. are you new here um uh brian did you come up with a list yourself i do yeah i have a list, a okay. list this i figured i assume you had a yeah. list of less exhaustive than, pad, than in so. episodes past yeah. so perfect oh so you only uh, had brian, 50 to start out with yeah something like that yeah <laughs> Brown will read his list out. Uh, all he really has to do, though, is pick a winner. Um, so if we're ready, I'll go ahead and uh, read these out. Let's do it. List A, the honorable mentions are The Marauders from Harry Potter, Yoda from Star Wars, and Lieutenant Aldo Rain from Inglorious Bastards. Number 10 is the 1936 U.S. Olympic rowing team. Uh, nine is Rue Boidel. Eight is The Beatles. Seven is Kurt Cobain. Six is Vincent Van Gogh. Five is John, John Belushi. Uh, four is Tesla versus Edison. Three is the Beastie Boys. Two is David Bowie. And number one is Satchel Paige. List B, the honorable mentions are Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, and Tupac. Number 10 is Ellen O'Neill. Nine is Josh Gibson. Eight is Evil Knievel. Seven is Hedy Lamar. Six is the Beastie Boys. Five is Dolly Parton. Four is Althea Gibson. Three is Chris Farley. Two is Dennis Rodman. And number one is Stan Lee. Brian, you have the floor. This was an interesting list. Um, 
both of them. It's, it's an interesting topic where I gotta be honest. I think I think the uh, the flaw on this episode is just for me to there's like there's several on both of your lists that I'm like I don't really know. I maybe I know that name or maybe mm-hmm. I googled it and was like, oh right, that that person. Okay, but I don't really you know because I'm not able to listen to the episode. I don't really know like what the argument is for <laughs> for some of these people. You know. Again, be, that's why we don't give you any kind of uh, judging yeah, criteria. You yeah. got to come up with it yourself. Um, I do. Welcome to the show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like several of these things. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some of the stuff I like because I don't have it. There's nothing here that I'm like I don't like that. Other than yeah. there are several that I'm like I don't know who that is, or <clears throat> I only know the name and that is it. You know, gotcha. um, which which maybe makes it tough. I have one criticism, which is there is a Tupac biopic and there is a muhammad ali biopic already like those things exist so um there's that uh i had almost like there's a theme for the honorable mentions on this <laughs> yeah and there's about to be an elvis one um i'm sure it's gonna be great so the the Maybe trailer is theme brewing. Yes, i like it um so okay all right I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you that i'll give you that but when i did look at it on the page i was like hey idiots there are movies already um <laughs> I, what I liked about this topic was that it did not require as much extensive research as some of my mm-hmm. other, some of the other episodes that, w- that I've done in the past. It, this one doesn't feel like it's going to, um, go in my archives, I guess, which I'm very right. serious about, obviously the, so I just kind of like, I, I did text Danny and I was like, I don't want my whole list to be sports. And that is kind of how it's feeling right now is that it's just going to be um, athletes or musicians that feels we just, both we both struggled with that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so I tried to diversify a little bit but also to be I just like I made a list that ended up being about 30 names long and I didn't think about it again I just like here's my list and then the next day I came back and I was like all right let's cut it down from 30 to 13 or 14 or whatever and then we'll just we're just gonna move on um, which was fun it was <laughs> it was less time consuming than some of the other ones that uh that we've done recently. And it was fun to think about too. I think biopics suck. Like as a general rule, they're not, they're not great movies. Um, and part of it, uh, say many, many times is because you try to do like, we have to distill an 80 year time down into two hours. You know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't really, it doesn't lend itself to great cinema more often than not. Um, and that's where I think something like the Steve Jobs movie was so good because it just it picked three moments and was like, let's go with that. So, so yeah. in keeping with that, like I love the Tesla versus Edison. I think that's fun. I have like, I have two or three on my list that are that are like um, uh, multiple people. It's not like a straight biopic about one singular person. It's about multiple people that are involved in a given thing. So Tesla and Edison, that's a that's a pretty good one. Um, I think that there are I there were several on on both lists or one list or the other that I had on mine which in, like uh a couple that for sure made the list but like um I love the honorable mentions on the top list I think that's fun that's a fun theme um and there Evil Can Evil was a great pool I didn't have on my list I'm like oh yeah that's a really good one that guy was freaking crazy so <laughs> that would make a good one Stan Lee would make a good one too but I also think like are we sure we want to dig in? Like, maybe we don't. Maybe we want to, like, maybe. I mean, like, knowing how he, like, knowing for sure how he treated, like, Jack Kirby and people like that, maybe we just leave that alone. I don't know. Um, 
Dennis Rodman also would make a really fun movie, and but also you'd have to sanitize so much to be able to. <laughs> no, no, that's hard R. That. that is a hard <laughs> R biopic. I, I, I give me an NC seventeen Dennis Rodman <laughs> biopic and give it to me now. Um, it would be that would be that would be interesting. So, um, there were like I said, there were several names that I was like, I'm not totally sure who this is, and it would have been. I'll go, I'll be interested to go back on Thursday and listen. Uh, to like hear the reasoning on some of these things. Good um, luck, dude. We went like an hour and fifteen minutes. We just kept going. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I've got it saved up because I did not listen to Pokemon. Sorry, I do not want to catch them all. So good. I did not listen to that. Hey, that hey me neither, bud. And don't let Coop <laughs> listen to it because we just crapped on Pokemon the entire time. <laughs> I did a bit, of course. Not either of us know anything about Pokemon. It was a joke of an episode. Uh-huh. Ty, okay. Ty just picked the greatest hits, the Pokemon or the Pikachu and Charizards of the world, nice. and I sure. did a bit. We had multiple nice. people like, "Hey, my brother loves Pokemon, so I wanted to introduce <laughs> him to your podcast in this episode." And like, oh no, two minutes yeah. in, Danny's like, "We don't know anything about Pokemon." <laughs> There's never been an episode that we've gotten more negative feedback on than the Pokemon episode. Like, there are people that hate that episode that listen to every episode of this show that are mad about the Pokemon. Well, and I listen, I get it, but also yeah. like, what do you think you were gonna get? I mean, it is on you. You did go to all of their houses with a gun and force them to listen. So. I uh, yeah, don't dude, think that marketing. business model is very good, but I've made that I've I've made that point several times, and uh, you, okay. you guys have ignored someone, it. Someone someone didn't take a marketing class at Grayson County Community <laughs> College. So. One of us did, one of us didn't. So I'll, I'll leave it to the listener to figure. Question, out Professor. Um, <laughs> let's say one has a gun, and um, be good. That'd be good. Um, okay, I'm going to give you guys my list, and then I'll I'll pick a winner here. Um, cool. And you'll see there are several. There are several that are on one or both of your lists that uh, that made mine. Um, my honorable mentions. My theme is the really good story, re- person I really like, super depressing, uh, oh. which would be yeah. Kurt Cobain, Robin Williams, and Chris Farley. Oh, would yeah. watch all three movies. Would cry yeah. all three times. Mm-hmm. Would be miserable pretty much the whole time. Um, that's that's kind of where I I came down on that. Um, we have a Rob, think, don't we have a Robin Williams either miniseries or movie coming out at some point? I don't know. I Do feel we? like I've saw yeah. someone's They're been talking cast about it but, as okay. Robin Williams. I know that for okay. sure. Okay, well that will make me cry a whole bunch. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, but most of the rest of these are like not super depressing. Like there's some. Yeah. Like the next one, especially, is like mm, it's kind of a bummer of an ending. But those three, I feel like, are like throughout. It's not just how it ends. It's like yeah. much of the lead up is is really really tough. Yeah. But all three just incredible all time performers in their field. Incredibly talented. Incredibly sad. Um, and like indelible impact on culture. Uh, that is worthy of of a look, but also you're not going to have a great time while you're mm-hmm. yeah while you're doing it. So, okay, here's my top ten. Um, I had several several sportsy ones. Like I said, I ended up cutting most of them and just kind of had a placeholder. I, baseball makes the best sports movies. We all know that. Even though baseball yeah. is the worst sport, we uh, all know that. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the it's my time, Ty. Um, the, it's his, it, it is his show. We did say that. <laughs> Um, I think that I, there were several baseball players that I, and eras and, and whatnot that I thought about, but I think the one that I the one I settled on was Roberto Clemente. I think Ooh, that yeah. that would make a yeah. great great biopic. He was he was the last cut, and it was like a, I can't just have a bunch of athletes on mine. I yeah, cut totally. Somebody somewhere, totally. Um, 
Clemente ruled, number one, great baseball player, one of the best of mm-hmm. all time. Number two, incredible human being. Just, like, yeah. he d- literally died, like, trying to serve people. Like, what an incredible dude. And also, like, if you go and look at the... If you go and look at Roberto Clemente's Wikipedia, <laughs> just, like, so many things where you're like, really? Really? And so I feel like we need to we need to make a biopic to make up for the fact that, like, uh, 27 voters in the Hall of Fame voted no on Roberto Clemente. Yeah, honestly, like, which I would love to fight each and every one of those yeah, people. Like, how do you vote no against Roberto freaking yeah, Clemente? Yeah, like on any ground, even as too. a baseball I mean, player. On. Yeah, come on. Um, and that they they mis they they misspelled his name on his plaque for the first oh. like 20 years. That it was, I mean, come on, guys. Like, let's get this yeah. right. So, I think that would make a good good biopic, and we need a, we needed a baseball movie here. Number nine for me. Uh, the actor Steve McQueen, directed by the director Steve McQueen. Ooh. That's what I want in this. I want in this scenario. <laughs> I love um, that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think it would be really cool. I'm not. I'm. I'm. It's like half a bit, but half serious. I think it would be a really cool thing. Steve McQueen. I don't like that era of of film and movie star and whatever is like. It's not really my bag. I know it's not Danny's bag. Um, but the. Steve McQueen is the coolest dude ever, and like if you're like his his uh, biography is just wild, and uh, he he incredibly interesting, talented, somewhat tortured guy in some ways, but like beautiful guy, incredible charisma, all this stuff. I think he'd make a great biopic of for that like whole era of film. It could be like the stand-in for all of those those actors and and uh, Hollywood from like that generation. But Steve McQueen's got to direct the Steve McQueen movie. That's important to me. That- that would um, be so awesome. That would be, <laughs> be a so good cool. <laughs> be a good bit. Uh, number eight for me, Dolly Parton. I think she was on both of your lists or one of your lists. No, just so anyway. speed. Okay. Um, my only – Dolly's the best. Total American treasure all the way through. My only holdback with this and why it's eight instead of like one or two is I don't know how anyone plays Dolly. Like that would be a very difficult thing to pull off um visually as well as just like the presence yeah. of of Dolly Parton. So that'd be a, that'd be a tough one, but if somebody can do it, let's do it. She's great. Always We do have uh, obviously haven't gotten to listen to the first half. We cast each of these. So we do have nice. like actors nice. in mind for each of our picks. Yeah. And we both well, agreed I, that Greta Gerwig is directing this biopic. Totally in. That makes that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. 100%. Um as you guys are are the pros at, at recasting. I am terrible at it. I've always said it's like if oh, I do we're not recast, good at it. We just do it a lot. Yeah, but I'm I'm mine. It's like well, it's it's either it's just just Ryan Gosling or Michael B. Jordan. That's it. That's all I got. I got no no one else in the chamber. There's just well, every yeah. single movie is just. I Ryan mean, Gosling as Dolly Parton. I can see it. Okay, let's make it happen. Yeah, for us, yeah. it's Lakeith Stanfield and Steven Yeun. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Saoirse Ronan could she pull off the dog? No, it's like I don't. I don't know. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. At it. Then when I hear when when there's casting decisions that are made, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Way to go. Good. It's the reason why you guys have that job and I do not. But uh, yeah, good call. Good call. Number seven for me is uh, one of the original American treasures, an all time great just entertainer across the board. Everything that he incredibly talented, versatile guy, um, Steve Martin. The wonderful, Ooh. talented mm-hmm. Steve Martin. I think that would be a fun, fun biopic. His um, his memoir is great, and it's super short. And and he 
purposefully like does not go into great detail on every aspect of his life because he's just like I don't think it matters. I don't think anyone cares about this. Uh, and I think that that would be like the just such a great basis for like he's almost giving you the blueprint of how to do a biopic of trying to cram 40 years into yeah. into two hours or whatever i think that would be really cool um, title it one wild and crazy guy there we go there we go super <laughs> heavy on the band hit me up in the sound yeah. hit me up somebody <laughs> yeah. call me somebody yeah. hit my line right let's now make let's it make happen. this happen let's make it happen steve martin rules um there was like a, yesterday on Twitter, there were there was some uproar about an old Steve Martin bit, and I was furious. Yeah. I was like, yeah. don't you I saw dare. That too. Don't you dare try to take him down. Um, <laughs> I saw that too. It's ridiculous. Um, number six for me. So I have one, two, like three or four, maybe most of the next are like groups or periods mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, number six for me is uh, The Highwaymen. Uh, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, cool. um, that did they did three records together, but two of them in in the the mid eighties. Um, I think that Outlaw era would be more interesting in some ways, but Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson were only like sort of tangentially related to that. It was mostly Willie and and Waylon Jennings and stuff. And I think if you're gonna do it, then you gotta if you're gonna do if you're going to do a movie about Willie Nelson that's not just like a straight Willie Nelson biopic, then you have to get Chris Christopherson involved because mm-hmm. he's kind of the best part of most of what is going on during during that time. So it's late era Johnny Cash, which is not the most interesting part of, of the Johnny Cash, but you've already got Walk the Line. So in yeah. my mind, this is more about Willie and Chris and Waylon than it is Johnny, but still, it's a cool... I That's think it's a, a cool really fun idea. I'm into that. Does Joaquin be reprise the role, or does John C. Riley go full circle and play the guy <laughs> who's imitating and walk hard? Uh, you know what? I'm in either way. Either way. Uh, that, that feels like a win for the audience, and it keeps Joaquin at least one year where he's not doing a Joker movie, so I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, as, a good the thing longer we can put that off, the better. <laughs> Uh, my number five was, I believe, was on both of your lists, uh, and it's the Beastie Boys. That's yeah. lo- love, love the boys, and uh, that would be. I just think that, I just think they would be. It would be a fun movie, and you get to like one of the things that I think is really cool about the about the Beastie Boys. And I was somebody who like, I mean, I had license to ill like well before my parents would allow me to <laughs> to own records or or, or CDs like that. I mean, License Ill was a huge thing, but the their progression as a band and as people over the course of like thirty years is kind of remarkable. Because if you go back and you listen to those early records, like there's some pretty offensive stuff that's in that in those records, and then they are back within like five years, a with a completely different sound, and b like, hey, we were dumb kids and we're sorry, and here's some stuff to make up for it, basically. And I love that. I think it's. I don't know. We just see a lot of people that don't progress as humans these days, and it's cool um, that the BC Boys became who they became, given you know where they started and stuff. So yeah. I think that would be a fun one. Yeah, Danny. Um, Danny wanted his BC Boys to be like on the rise, like their start. I wanted mine to be like later on. So we got we got a two parter. We got two movies right there. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, that one. That one feels like it hasn't happened because the members are like, no, thank you. But mm-hmm. surely they have been approached 
like on a weekly yes. basis, I would think. Yeah, I, I assume Spike Jones has like yeah. a daily text. Yeah, Spike's totally, the only one gonna totally. direct it. So absolutely. So maybe they'll maybe they'll do it at some point. Be hey cool. Mike, how you doing, bud? What are your thoughts <laughs> on that biopic idea? <laughs> right. Right. You ready for like a free ten million dollars yet or no? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. No worries. No worries. Um, See you at brunch. <laughs> Love it. I love it. Uh, number four for me is another like sort of group. And it's not really a group as much as it is just like a specific time period. It's the uh, the basement tapes era of Bob Dylan. The Ooh. like we've had Bob Dylan movies in the past. We'll have them again in the future. I'm Chalamet. sure. Chalamet is playing them soon, right? Yeah, t- totally. Totally. The the basement tapes is like a really interesting era of his career because it's like night. I think it's 66. He gets in a terrible car accident, and he basically holds up in a basement um, with the band and makes, like, a million songs. And then the album doesn't even get released until, like, 75 or 76, something like that. Um, And it's not even, like, a cohesive album in a lot of ways. It has, like, it's, like, part Bob Dylan with the band backing him, and then part just, like, the band is, hey, we're going to do some solo stuff. And it's really interesting. And it's, it's, like, a... It's a period of Bob's life that I think would be very, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, again, with the biopic thing of like, we have this huge span of life we're trying to, to compress. This would be one of those where you'd be like, we're only talking about a six week or two month or whatever part of, of Bob Dylan's life. And we're going to focus exclusively on that. And I think that would be cool. Yeah, that's a good one. So I dig that. My last like group effort would be uh, is number three is the movie Bratz, which is the like George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> Scorsese, Coppola, Brian De Palma, uh, Paul Schrader, and John Milius, who are, you know have they're all buddies. They're all at like USC or or close enough to USC during the same period of time. And you can make a case that like everything in American cinema comes out of the the friendship in that group of people over the next like 30 years. Like the impact that that group of directors has on film, not just for like that period, but really for for the next like 40 years or, or more is massive. Like you can't you can't really overstate how important all of those people are, obviously, to to film so there was a podcast that did this um a few years ago that, that kind of focused on this but it was like uh, not very good it was it was heavily produced and and like all these like recreations of conversations and things like that and it just wasn't it wasn't done very well in my opinion but, yeah so yeah. i'd like to see I'd like to see a movie that's a cool idea i wouldn't have thought of that i think that'd be cool you could do that one too as a series you could have like a yeah you know here's the scorsese episode here's the de palma episode you know whatever else that'd be pretty that'd be pretty cool but uh anyway okay my last two um it i went uh <laughs> number two for me is willis carrier do you guys know who willis carrier is no. Is that the guy who invented air conditioning? He's the guy who invented air conditioning. You live in Texas. Can you imagine your life without air conditioning? It would my be hero. terrible. It would the be king awful. Of the world. So anyway, my light, the light of my life. <laughs> just, yeah, he's he has impact. You could make a really legitimate case. He has impacted my life more than any other human being. Um, it's it's yeah. such a benefit to have Him Willis Carrier. Yeah, inventing uh, inventing air conditioning. So the only other person who has had more effect on my life than Willis Carrier is Dirk Nowitzki. So he's number one for me. So there you go. Pretty generic ending for me. I mean, it's hard, hard to beat. 
Yeah. Look, I have a poster like right there. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not too bad. Yeah. Who plays Dirk? Wall, but I've got that one. Who plays Dirk in a Dirk biopic? Dirk, Dirk. Dirk does. Max and Kleba. <laughs> yeah, too pretty, too pretty, too beautiful. I will say we got a listener email that uh, did say he wants a Dirk biopic and did cast it. I'll, I'll announce that later. Is it a Skarsgård? Okay. No, it's a weird one. <laughs> it's Michael B. Jordan. I will say he's he's going. It's Luca. He he cast it. He cast for long haired Dirk. Oh, specifically who this casting is for? Owen Wilson. Okay, it's a weird one. All right, I like it. Um, yeah, I would, I would dig, uh, we, we could just do Dirk with like digitally alter, like youth him down, you know, (laughs) Yeah, be cool. Um, I like it. Okay. That's my list. You guys can see I had several, I had a few that, that matched up with y'all and y'all had some that I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good one. I don't need a Beatles biopic. I don't think because I watched all 400 hours of, of get back, uh, in, in November. I think I'm good there. Um, and like I said, there, but what I ended up coming down to, guys, more than anything else, again, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because I'm not able to listen to all your reasoning on, on some mm-hmm. of these things. Um, but I kind of come down to list B has a few more that I'm like, I don't really know who that is or I only know just like the the two-liner, you know, of, of what yeah. they of who they are or what they did. And I like the honorable mentions bit on list A as well. So I'm going with list A as my winner. This Let's time. go. <laughs> no, okay. Nice. Nice. Good bit on on uh on the honorable mentions. I like that. That we, was a, yeah. that was a strong choice. When we sent each other our list, we had the same exact uh like bit as we just want these terrible biopics to be remade, including yeah, okay. the that Elvis was, trailer. That's that okay. my those my honorable mentions was just like, "Hey, all on all eyes on me." Not good. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Elvis one that's about to come out, not going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. only took one trailer to figure that out. Ali, boring. Ali is a boring, like, I read the Wikipedia and then turned that into a movie <laughs> biopic that is, like, not hard-hitting, doesn't cut to the core. I need more Cassius Clay and less, like, like less Man. guy that Googled Muhammad Ali yeah. quotes and put Mason that in his is gonna come for you, you know what I mean? Just be careful, yeah. Like it's fine. It's just so generic, and Muhammad Ali was so interesting that he Mm. deserves a not generic biopic. I like the idea. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I I think I think you're onto something. Have you guys ever seen When We Were Kings? The the uh, the the documentary on Mm. on the that's that's incredible, and that gives like just this amazing look at like, I mean, at just the the super size of Muhammad Ali, like his personality and stuff. Cause he's just so, I mean, it's like the camera's right in his face the whole time and it's, it's really, really good. So yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So those are good. But yeah. Like Danny, like I, I was like, I know, I know who Althea Gibson is, but I don't yeah. know. And, and maybe that's right. The, which that, is, that's which is, that's the, the point. Yeah. Sure. That's the point of why I picked sure. her. I mean, she, she's the first black tennis player to compete at the U S national championships. First black mm-hmm. player to compete at Wimbledon. Okay. Um, she was like, one of the most important trailblazing uh, black athletes of all time, and no one knows anything about right. it, and I think that's right. a shame. And Will sure. Smith is going to yeah. play her dad, so. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, yeah. Yeah, the same yeah. with, like, like I knew who Hedy Lamar was, but I don't know anything about, and then, like, Josh, I mean, I'll be honest, Josh Gibson and Ellen O'Neill, I, like, when I, when I Googled the names, I was like, oh, yeah. okay, I do remember who this person is, but I, I don't know enough about them to be like. Yeah, Josh yeah. Gibson, one of, the, one of the greatest hitters in baseball history and never got a chance to play Major League Baseball mm. because he was a black mm. man. 
Right. Right. It's the entire reason. But he right. was liter- he was the Babe Ruth of the Negro Leagues in gotcha. uh, in the 30s and 40s. Uh, I mean, it, there, in 1933, he hit 467 with 55 home runs. He just okay. he's one yeah. of the greatest hitters of all time, right. and not enough right. people know about him unless you're a diehard baseball nerd sure. like Ty and I are because right. he was a black man and never got the chance, which is totally. a shame, and I want to see that movie. Yeah. Ellen O'Neill, Ty didn't know who she was either. I didn't really know who she was until I started Googling, like, who would be cool to see a biopic about them? Sure. She uh, was a professional skateboarder in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just she was competing against dudes. And this has been skateboarding competitions where, hey, here's flat pavement. Go do a jump or something. Sure. And sh- she was doing stuff like handstands on a skateboard and skating on two skateboards yeah. at once. And this is very much not a like hard hitting. It's not emotional. She doesn't have a tragic story. This is a Richard Linklater slice of life. Let's okay. have a good time vibing with a biopic. type of movie that i just think would be cool yeah but she helped like she helped launch skateboarding from here go do an ollie and oh you win the competition Uh to what it is today so cool yeah that's i mean it sounds cool i just i was not and here's my hot take i don't think dennis rodman is interesting oh that's insane yeah that's 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 an insane thing that you just said he's the most fascinating person of all time are you kidding me i think that I, i think that so like Rasilla, Ryan Rasilla got a lot of crap when The Last Dance came out, mm. and and I, I I think he 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 phrased what he was trying to say poorly, and that was part of it. But like Last Dance spent so much time focusing on Dennis Rodman, and it and there's a lot of like I think a lot of the Dennis Rodman thing. Tobin's gonna be pissed when he hears me say this too because <laughs> he loves Dennis Rodman. But it's like it's just like a little bit of Kate McKinnon. Like it's just like do you. I'm really weird. Isn't that cool? Isn't that, isn't it, isn't it weird how weird I am? And I'm like, not really. I mean, you are, but I'm not. It's crazy that you said that. He cast Kate McKinnon to play Dennis Rodman in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that nuts? But I, like, I don't, and we talked about it in the front half. I don't really want to see any basketball. I don't care because Dennis Rodman, the basketball player, is the least interesting iteration of Dennis Rodman. And so I want to see him off the court i want to see him uh, on the apprentice i want to see him with yeah. kim jong-un i want to see him in vegas you, know, you when can he still see him back on with the his apprentice team. like you could watch that <laughs> you're annoying you're so annoying yeah um i just that like that's i want to see his childhood when he was an awkward uh-huh. dorky kid who got cut from his basketball team because he was five six in high school you know what yeah. i mean like i just i think he's a fascinating dude and i i think it would be a weird wild biopic See, I, I'm just the opposite. I think I don't think he's very interesting. I don't think that it would be. I don't. I don't find him fascinating. Maybe it's just because like I'm older than you, and I was ingesting mm-hmm. all of that like media content when when it was happening at the time. But like, I feel like I know the Dennis Rodman story pretty well. And the Last Dance, there were a lot of people that were disappointed in that they didn't do enough Rodman and I was like no I'm good I've had I, I get it like I know where we're at with this crazy hair wedding dress got it no problem like I, it's I don't know it's that, that is definitely a uh, an unpopular take I think because I think like I think Rasilla got just killed for saying that basically but but I kind of agree with the the sentiment but uh yeah no I I think you guys did a good job coming up with these these lists and and some of these things I think would be a lot more interesting than most of the biopics that we that we get uh, sent our way. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the point. Is like like we we talk all the time about how like 
we're tired of biopics, but I think it's because a like they just pick boring kind of generic people, um, and b they tell just the spark notes of mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. hit like the the Wikipedia they hit the major quotes and that kind of stuff yeah. instead of just like diving in and being interesting and really getting mm-hmm. down to the nitty gritty or like you said like picking specific parts of their life and telling that story in detail as opposed to just hitting the highlights of yeah. every part of their life and so it, this was sort of a like like this is what a good biopic would mm-hmm. look like i think yeah but yeah we are also very well like it, it is well documented that we're also kind right. of tired of biopics. i think the other thing you could do too like i mentioned the steve jobs one like i just think like picking them picking three moments was really cool but i also like I think that that I think that I like history. I, I like history a lot, and I think that you can make an interesting. It you wouldn't quite call it a biopic, but like when you focus on an event or a a period in history, but kind of like but then kind of focus your attention on a character who was at that event or in that mm-hmm. period of history. I think that's an uh, that's a better way in a lot a lot of times to do a biopic than like. Ray Charles, you know, the Ray movie. Hey, it's Ray Charles. Great performance. He sings awesome. Cool. He's blind. All right. Cool. Like we, you know, we're, we're, we're moving on here, but like something like the, Oh, darkest hour, which is a super, like a super boring movie. Cause Joe Wright made it. And he's just the most boring director (laughs) on the planet. But like, if you love that movie, (laughs) it's late. I'll say no, because, because Churchill is interesting. Oldman is the best actor of his generation, and and like that period is like the. I mean, it's super tense and crazy and interesting and all this sort of stuff. Like that, I'm saying that's an example of like I think how to do a biopic movie that at least I'm going to be more interested in than like Churchill, you know, starring Gary Oldman or whatever. So I don't know. I would. I would. It feels like we've had less biopics lately, and when they are, it's done something more like Belfast or like the Fablemans that's coming out uh, this year and. And things like that, Maybe. which I think is a good thing. I think hopefully it shows that, hey, Hollywood, we're not we don't really care so much about all this. Now, I say that and, you know, uh, Will Smith won an Oscar for a biopic this year. So maybe I'm <laughs> stupid, but it feels like there are there are, we, we're coming off a play. There was a the not too long ago where it felt like every third movie that came out from October to January 1st was a biopic, a yeah. very traditional, like just kind of straight down the line biopic. And now. Maybe we're figuring it out a little bit on that front. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned it earlier. I had Dolly Parton on my list, and I went with Kristen Chenoweth because Dolly Parton said, hey, if y'all are going to make a biopic about me, cast Kristen Chenoweth in it, and what Dolly wants, Dolly gets. So That's true. That's true. <laughs> I I don't love Kristen Chenoweth, but that's fine. We, I, I want to respect Dolly's wishes. So. Yeah, that 100%. That was my, like, I was like, this would not be my pick, but it's Dolly's yeah. pick, so it's my pick. I think uh, I think Jessica Chastain would do a really good job with it, too, but it would be yeah. it would be Tammy Faye, like, just... I saw Scarlett Johansson's way. name was thrown around a bunch when you Google, like, Dolly Parton biopic. Apparently, like, Scarlett was approached, and Dolly Parton... I feel like that has more to do with, like... Uh, yeah, yes. Than anything um, else, so. yeah. Uh, but I think the Scarlett Johansson and Reese Witherspoon were the names that were thrown. Around Reese was the name that I thought. That, yeah, yeah. I, I thought of Reese, and I was like, I don't. Yeah, that's that would be fine. That would be fine. Yeah. Um, but Dolly but, said Kristen Chenoweth, so yeah. I said Kristen Chenoweth. I like it. I can <laughs> so, deal with that. Brian, did you get uh, a chance cool. to Google Rue Boidel? I did. I knew that name, and I and I. But I, you, you know, one of those where you're like, I know that name. I don't remember why. 
And when I Google, I was like, oh, right. I've read, th- I've read this Wikipedia <laughs> before. Yeah. This is, this is, I know, I know this guy. Yeah. I had uh, never heard uh, of him before this episode. Yeah. And now I'm in love with him. Yeah. He's my favorite baseball player of all time. I'm thinking somebody, somebody, somebody is, is, is a, it's like a comedian. Tim Robinson. There it is. That's who there I cast yes. as Ruval Dell. Okay. Cause it's going to be the okay. best baseball comedy since major league. <laughs> have you ever, uh, have you ever read screwball? The, uh, that that Simon Rich wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's what I that's that's kind of what I think of when I think of Rubadell. Like so much, like just <laughs> just kind of wheels off uh, crazy stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I like Tim Robinson. I just that. Tim Robinson yeah. yelling at a fire truck, <laughs> running off while he's pitching, running off the field yeah. to chase a tr- fire truck is right. hilarious. Right. I'm yeah. so in. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Uh, cool, Brian. Were there any others that you? feel the need to make us defend or we're curious about or we ready to move on no i don't think so i think you guys did a good job with it i enjoyed looking at you seeing the list and uh and thinking about this one this was a fun one cool sweet um we got an email this week uh from our buddy ryan yeager hanging out in our discord um he says this list is a little shoddy because i'm making it in a matter of minutes trying to get it in on time but here you go uh, steve one stevie wonder played by donald glover Ooh, okay i yes. like that i'm into you get Nowitzki. into whether or not he's blind. That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, played by Wyatt Russell. Okay, hundred percent in. Interesting. Hundred percent in. Can he? Can he? Can he get on? Can he do stilts? Can he do stilts? Can he play basketball in stilts? I'm sure he figured out. Okay. Right. Uh, this one, I this one, I love a lot. Steve Bartman, played by Jesse Eisenberg. Oh my gosh! I think that rules. Yeah. I think that rules so hard. Oh, what a good pick, Ryan oh, Bartman. Oh. Man. <laughs> yeah, literally one of the most tragic <laughs> ever. Um, this one, God, Ryan really went wheels off. Psy, the Gangnam Style guy, played by Steven Yoon. <laughs> oh, my. What are we doing, Ryan Baker? <laughs> we don't need that what one. What are we doing? Is, he, is Psy more interesting than I realize? Is that what's happening? Here? I guess Ryan, it, I mean, this Discord. movie only takes place in 2012, I guess, but it's just like. It <laughs> Unless Psy is secretly fascinating and none of us know about yeah. it, which yeah, you never know. That one. Um, yeah. Ryan also had Dolly Parton, uh, played by Carrie Bichet, who I'm not familiar with at all. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley, play, played by Kristen Stewart, which I think is pretty interesting. I'm not mad at that, that at all. Who is Lisa Marie Presley? Both sides of it. No, thank you. Uh, Elvis's wife? Uh, Elvis's daughter. Daughter. Think, yeah, he right? was married. She was married to Michael Jackson. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be um, an interesting biopic. <laughs> Elon Musk, played by Will Ferrell. <laughs> What is Which going one? on, Ryan? What is this? The, Elon the Musk facial is, prosthetics would be interesting. In Elon Musk is r- incredibly high, like next to Ben Simmons on my list of people that I don't want to learn anything mm-hmm. else about, yeah. and I don't want to hear anything more about them. <laughs> but him, Will Ferrell is Elon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of in now. Uh, but I want to. Um, I don't know. I don't want face prosthetics with that. I want it to be like Steve Jobs, where it's just like, okay, he dresses like Elon Musk. It's Elon Musk. Yeah, that's true. Could do that. <laughs> Do that. Uh, or just just really put his face back. Yeah, I'm in. Steal, steal the, but it's it's only play. the one week he was on SNL. The one. <laughs> <laughs> or when he was on Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jim Abbott, played by Clayton Kershaw. I would love a Jim Abbott. I thought about movie. Jim Abbott, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's the one-handed uh, pitcher mm-hmm. for the Yankees. Boy Meets World's uh, Own. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. love Jim Abbott. Yeah. Uh, Alex Trebek, played by Ryan Gosling. Kind of think that rules. I'm kind yeah, of in on that. I, I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. 
And his last one is uh, Britney Spears, played by Zoe Deutsch, which, of course. Okay, that's just playing to Danny on that one. Thank you. Yeah. I think I'm out on all Britney Spears content forever now. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I think she's on my Uh, Dunzo list. And then he signs off uh, Opa Gognum style Jaeger. (laughs) God bless you, Ryan Jaeger. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for the email, buddy. It's so good. I I need him in the Discord to tell me more about why he wants to side the Gangnam Style <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah, I, I've got to have a got to have an explanation <laughs> on that. Uh, cool. Anything else? Are we ready to get out of here? No. It's midnight. It's so far past my bedtime. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the rankings. Huge thank you to Brian Gill. Listen to Mad About Movies. Listen to Spread the Floor. Listen to Mavs Time. It's my new yeah. favorite podcast. If you're That's a Mavs good. fan, even if you're not, listen to Mavs Time. It's the best theme song in all of podcasting. Thank you. I'm not kidding. Thank you. Um, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RankingsPod. Don't forget the double K in the middle. Join our Discord. It's free. You can find the link in our social media bios or in the show notes here. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then, I'm the king of Boggle. There's none higher. I get 11 points off the word quagmire. Bye. See ya.